When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Win, 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 win. Curve everything else. Win, 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 win. <laughs> we back baby let's go welcome in everybody and thank you for joining us for the phnx suns post game show brought to you by the DraftKings sportsbook app america's number one sportsbook app don't forget to hit that like button subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review i'm Lindsay smith here with saul bookman espo gerald borgay will be joining us in just a few minutes and we are celebrating back-to-back wins Yay. tonight the phoenix suns Defeat the Indiana Pacers 112 107. And uh, boy, does it feel good to be back on this side of things, y'all. Uh, if only the Indiana Pacers had DeAndre Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have played. He would have been sick. So. Oh, no. Look at, look at that. And guess what? Suns are in 10th in the West. Half a game back of, oh, let me check that. The Minnesota Timberwolves for 6th in the West. They're right back at the picture. Guess what? It's all gloom and doom. Yeah, I mean, yet. not yet. <laughs> Listen, I'm just... Like, I miss this so much. So much it was getting fun. so bleak and so sad around these parts for a hot minute. I mean, we did have fun still. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But, like, mm-hmm. this is far more enjoyable. And what's most impressive to me is the way in which this team did it tonight. I mean, we're talking we had a guy out there on a 10-day. We had two two-way guys out there. Mm-hmm. Majority of this game able to get the win tonight. Like, that's impressive. No, Regardless of who Indiana is missing, it's still solid work from them. Absolutely solid work, but we are burying the lead because a legend was made tonight. Mast Kogi. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, Josh yeah. Kogi came in clutch. I think he has to wear a mask from here I on out. I think so, too. Yeah. The is- masked slinger. He yeah. is scoring points <laughs> left and right. He's, he's slinging. <laughs> <laughs> I really think it's one of those things like he just I don't know if the broken nose made it to where he can breathe better. So he had more energy from all the oxygen he's getting or the mask just turned him into a completely different person. He was already savage. Oh, yeah. But he shot well tonight. So maybe it maybe it fixed some vision thing that maybe. was going on. With maybe. Him. I don't hey, know. Hey, listen, uh, he was awesome tonight. He was awesome on both ends of the floor. He made the the pacer guards work very very hard. Even when they thought they had easy layups, he was right there to to rip the ball out of their hands, and he was just phenomenal. And you know, the beautiful thing about Okogi right now is that you're starting to see how he can fit himself into the lineup, even when everybody comes back, and how he could be one of those. Listen, we talk about these guys every playoff series. There's like that one guy that ends up doing all those small little things mm-hmm. uh, to really make such a big difference. You know, back in the Bucks series when we lost in the finals, it seemed like it was uh, – what's his, the big guy guy's name? Uh, Frank Kaminsky? No, 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 the big guy for for the Bucks. Oh, uh, Porter. Po- no, not, not Porter. Uh, uh, 
Portis. 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 Bobby oh, Portis was... seemed like he would get those buckets, get those scrap plays. And, uh, you know, and a Kogi looks like he could be that guy for us. And, man, if he plays like this, that just changes the whole dynamic for the Suns. What was the biggest problem we talked about this year in terms of they had, it couldn't Effort. get to the line? Getting to the line. Oh, yeah, yes. Too, yeah. A Kogi went 15 times tonight. I mean, there were games they only shot 15 free throws as a team. Yeah. yeah. His aggressiveness uh, hopefully becomes contagious because he wasn't afraid of contact. He didn't shy away from it. He drove the hoop. He got to the line. I loved it. And that's one thing that um, even if Josh Akogi isn't knocking down shots in the way that he did tonight, if he can get to the line consistently like this, it's still incredibly valuable. One, because we don't have many guys who drive in the way that he does. Yeah. And two, we don't have many guys who get to the free throw line in the way that he does. He was 11 of 15 from the charity stripe tonight. Um, he, he did work. He put his head down and he was not afraid of getting hit in the face. He wasn't afraid. Nothing was holding him back. Well, but nothing Which, ever does with him. It's Yeah, crazy. but I mean, wouldn't you be a little bit hesitant at times if your nose was broken? I don't know. What's the worst thing like that happens? I be a little bit hesitant. It gets rebroken? I mean... Yeah, that would hurt. Yeah, that would still hurt. That would hurt a lot. I had my nose broken like three times playing right Did you basketball. cry? No. Like, I would have cried. I bled. Did, I jammed stuff in it to stop it bleeding. And I went back and played. Did you, uh, did you re-injure it while it was already injured? Not that I'm aware of, but look how big my nose is. I wouldn't have known no, the difference. No, bro, no. You don't get the big nose championship here. I do. This is the biggest nose. I don't know. You, do we want to go side by side? No, bro, here? I win. I promise you I do. I like mine. No, I know. I got it's lucky not, with it's mine. Not a, it's, you're not in this contest, Lindsay. I, I'm just saying, I got lucky with mine. Brittany in the chat said, give him the Dan Marley Hustle Award, 100%. Yeah, for sure. I don't know that there's anybody else on this team who deserves the Hustle Award this season no. in the way that Josh Kobe no. does. No. Because that was one thing that even the team was talking about um, prior to tonight's game, getting back uh, Josh Kogi's energy and hustle is huge for this mm -hmm. this group specifically with all the injuries that we're still dealing with. Um, having a guy who can come out there and bring that much oomph to your team automatically boosts the energy for everybody else. A million percent. Yeah. Again, like it, th those types of players are, are should be infectious. Um, you know, the next step in the evolution of Josh Kogi is th that next time he runs down the court. And somebody else is lollygagging back on the other end. Get in their ass. Mm -hmm. Get in their ass and be like, hey, why are you walking? Why aren't you back here on defense helping me out? I'm giving my all to the team. That's what he does every single night. I love it. Uh, more Josh Kogi for sure. The mass slinger, baby. Keep, keep bringing it. I really like this comment from Eldon in the chat. They said, before the game started, my dad saw that DA and Cam were both out tonight and said, well, we're going to lose. And I said, wait. But Josh Okogie's back, and he said, who? I feel so vindicated now. <laughs> Good job, Eldon. There you, you go. You I hope now your dad knows full well who Josh Okogie is. Put some respect on his name. Starts quizzing <laughs> your dad on the Suns roster. I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> should, should we go ahead and, and just give the yeah, honor now? Yeah. I feel like we have to. It was such a solid game from Josh Okogie. He is, without a doubt, our draft king, king of the game. Josh Kogi tonight, he finished with 24 points. He had 10 rebounds. He was 6 of 11 from the field, 11 of 15 from the charity stripe. In addition to all of that, he had four assists. He had a steal, and he had four blocks. Four. 
four blocks, you guys. That's like two whole weeks for DeAndre Ayton. And he had more blocks than Bismack Biombo, which he, is saying a lot. Yeah, I mean, Biz Block Biombo had fewer yeah. blocks than Akogi. Yeah, that's impressive, right? So, congratulations, Josh Akogi. Well deserved. Fantastic game. We are so proud and happy for you today. And beautiful crown placement. It's tough to get a crown on there when there's a mask as well. So mm -hmm. shout K out on that, Emma. K-Dot in the chat said he was blocking shots and protecting the paint as a big man. This is facts. This is facts. Um, so now that we're on the topic of DraftKings, I'm not very excited about today's Oh, why not, Lindsay? Why not? Because I lost my bet. Aww. Listen, all I, all I will say is my gut was wrong about the bet on DraftKings, but it was right about being positive about tonight's game. So at least I've got that. I did not hit my bet. Not only did I win this bet, okay, but I was feeling so good that I made a side bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook app um, of 107.5 for the Pacers and 112.5 for the Suns. And damn it, if it wasn't 107 to 112, I won that bet as well. So I put a little cash in my pocket. Guess what, folks? Daddy's home. Yeah, daddy's still behind. Daddy's, home. daddy's still behind the two of us. Daddy's so. home. Daddy finally won a bet. Daddy's home. Oh, oh, oh. So Saul is officially <laughs> in the green. He is at twenty nine fifty Let's now. Go. Uh, I did not lose. Did not win my bet. So I am now down to ninety five sixty two. Espo also thankfully didn't win his bet because I didn't realize the odds you had on it. Can so we, you're at a forty seven now. Can we be honest? I made a pretty good call. And Bismack screwed Mikhail three different times on assists. And he was one rebound away for six minutes. <laughs> he six was. freaking minutes. Oh, man. You should have yeah. heard Espo. Like, Espo, you know, Espo we, was ready to go to overtime, y'all. Yo, oh I gave Mikhail the 11 multiple times. For this bet. <sighs> Unfortunately, all you needed was one additional assist and one additional rebound. And you didn't get it. And that's a positive for me and Saul. So close. So I will take that as a win. Mark, mark my words. I'm taking the lead tomorrow night. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am taking the lead tomorrow night. I will tell you, though, we've told you guys this a million times, but I'm I'm only saying it again because it's so genuinely true. Having some stake in these mm -hmm. games makes it that much more mm -hmm. enjoyable. I have never seen Espo mm -hmm. yell like that, except for like when it's a buzzer beater mm -hmm. type of a situation. But in this game, I was kind of surprised how wild you were at the last, like, three minutes of this game. I sounded like the goddamn ASU guys. You did. I was yelling at the TV like crazy. Mm -hmm. Angry, too, just like the ASU to, guys. To be frank, like, when when we were about, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the Suns looked like they were about to pull away mm -hmm. pretty comfortably. And and Lindsay asked, uh, well, we should be, she, she turned to Espo and said, we should be rooting for Saul to lose, too. Like, we should all be yeah. losing, right? And I said that, Lindsay, Lindsay, I'm not the one you have to worry about. Because if Espo hits, he wins like 80 bucks. And, and then it changes the whole all. game. Yeah. And so uh, we then turned to rooting against Espo. And it was just so much fun. He I was. said I, I didn't care if you won. I wasn't going to root against you because I'm not worried about you. So Wow, whatever, oh, Espo. Well. Anyway, if you want to get in <laughs> on the action on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, we got two little promos for you guys right now. Currently, all new and existing customers can take a shot at even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings up to each leg. With each leg, you add up to 100%. Also, if you have not downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app, new customers who sign up with the code PHNX 
can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, with that code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I feel like this is the game where you guys should have a beer right now from Four Peaks. I because would love a beer one, from Four Peaks. One, it's to be Saturday. Two, we got back to backs this weekend. And three, back to back wins. We little, should be celebrating. They got, wow over right there. Now. they got a little wow on the right side, right there, right there. Yes. Ooh. I'll there's a peach. Me. peach. Are we drinking me. some peach ale? Is that what oh, we yeah. got here? Hey, I'm feeling this peachy. is why Emma's the best producer in the world. The goat. Deli- hand to, to delivering for peach ale for peaks. Um, our, just a reminder to everyone listening right now, our last Wednesdays are back. You can come hang out with all of us at PHNX at the 8th Street Pub in Tempe on January 25th. All of our shows are going to be live and in person at Four Peaks throughout the day. And you can enjoy some $3 beer specials. So come say hi to us. Also, don't forget, there's two new beers right now. The Recreational Juice Dank IPA and the Staycation Super Juicy IPA. So come check it out. That's tasty. Can't any of their IPAs be dank if you, you know, partake in a little... Mary J. Before you have it. Well, yeah. I mean, right. anything I mean, can be technically. Dank if you do that. Cool. If, we can be dank on count, the show right now if you want to. Does it count if if it's? Does it have to be flour or can OGs count? OGs can OGs definitely can count. count. OGs counts. Oh, yeah. Well, then there you go. Four Just wait till OGs, OGs creates a drop. They're like those. <laughs> We're in trouble. <laughs> those two partners should partner. Just drop it in there. The best droppables ever. They oh really God. should partner up, though. To be completely honest with you, and speaking of OGs, since we're already on the topic, it's official, you guys. Strawberries and cream is hitting the shelves soon. Oh yeah! And you're gonna love these. Quite a delightful, brand new flavor from our friends over at OGs. They are the best that you can get in the edible game, and you can find them at ogsbrands.com or at your local dispensary. But just a reminder, you do have to be 21 years it or is, older to enjoy. It is the happy balance. And the happy balance strawberries and cream, I'm telling you, folks, is just the best. It doesn't take you too high. It doesn't take you too low. Like Monty. It's just a nice, smooth cruise uh, to, to La La Land. I've never been balanced, so I'm excited. So that's you know. that's for you. There you go. Not never too high, never too low. Nope. The old cliche. The Monty the Williams of edibles. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be the Monty Williams of edibles. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go the the cliche right, of more, the NBA. It's like the but Greg this Popovich. time it's actually it's more like the Greg Popovich, or or it's the Devin Booker of edibles. He's just he's consistent <laughs> just as hell, smooth, and he get, and he gives you a high performance all the time. All right. Ah. James hit us with a super chat, but no comment. So, James, drop your comment, and I'll get to your super chat. <laughs> James you, you don't have to re-super chat. Just drop your comment. I'll find it. Okay, so this may sound like I'm on OGs when I say this because of my stance lately. The Suns are better without Devin Booker? No, that's okay, not right, the stance. Right, I'm just making sure. I want to give James Jones <laughs> a little bit of credit. I've been very tough on James Jones. I still think he has to do a lot uh, in the next few weeks. But when you look at the guys he added to what was supposed to be the Suns bench this season, uh, in particular tonight, but overall, Akogi, 24 points, Mm -hmm. 10 rebounds. Jock Lindell, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, Saban Lee, 12 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. Damian Lee, 16 points tonight. Uh, Bismarck Biombo, 12 points, or 12 points, 16 rebounds. These guys that he he kind of added on the fringes have performed very well. Yeah, it's 
he needs to get the big fish now. But the the things he added to try to bolster the bench, uh, the guys he's added this year, have performed very well. Uh, most of my issues with him have been you need to get that guy now. But but he did a real good job in bargain hunting. I, I'm a little concerned about Dwayne Washington right now because the he way be. because the way Saban Lee has been playing, it really really feels like. Dwayne Washington, if he doesn't pick up his shooting performances, could find himself on the outside looking in soon. And mm-hmm. I I hope not because I really like the guy. I really think he's he can shoot as good as anybody on the team. It's just he has not been able to to really string some good games together of late. And it's uh and Saban has. The hard part with D Wash is that it's not consistent enough just yet. And I feel like sometimes he's looking for his more than making the right play. Sometimes, not always. I'm not saying this is a consistent thing, but when it's glaring, that's the tough part. I would agree, but I also would say that Saban is doing it on both ends of the court. And that's the biggest difference because Dwayne Washington doesn't really make much of an impact defensively like Saban does. Saban does. He's like a mini Akogi, if you will, and Mm -hmm. he will be a disruptor. He will get his hands in the passing lanes. Um, so yeah, I mean, hopefully that's not the, the case. Uh, they, they can hold on to them. Uh, but you know, th- it's a business and they got to make the best decision. Who do you think had the higher plus minus between it was, it was D wash, which makes no sense. It was again, D-Wash. to me, this shows plus, again, why this stat is so yeah, the plus minus bizarre. Is, yeah, he was plus 15. Saban Lee was plus, plus minus is good. If you're trying to add on to a good performance. Like, oh, guy had a triple-double and this. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you just use it as the singular denomination as to why somebody was awesome or horrible in a given night, it's yeah. it's irrelevant. Bismack, 12.16 rebounds, minus 11 on the plus yeah. side. I will say, though, I did enjoy the minutes that we got of Saban, Lee, and D-Wash together yeah. tonight. Yeah. Because- I will take more of that because D-Wash in more of his natural role. D- yes, I I think that is where we may see him flourish in a game upcoming is when he gets to play that shooting guard and just worry mm-hmm. about scoring and not have to worry about running the offense right. and, and distributing there. So. And there was a moment late in this game where D-Wash did make a mistake and Book and Monty pulled him aside and were talking to him and Monty kind of gave him a, okay, you're good, and left him in the game, which is a positive yeah. sign yeah. too. Yeah. That Monty is maybe leaning into Dwash a little bit more as far as his development, letting him play through some of those mistakes. I it is a, something to be concerned a little bit about just because Saban Lee has come in and he's performed really well. He's now uh, this is the first day of his second ten day mm-hmm. contract, and of course Dwash is on a two way contract, so a lot of things to figure out there. But regardless. Um, as somebody mentioned, Uriel in the chat said, when Ishbia gets a G League team, it'll be easier for D-Wash to develop. And hopefully that's the case. Ishbia comes in, we get a G League team back. D-Wash can work there a little bit more because we also had somebody be like, he say that I think was I'm that dude in the comments said D-Wash is, is young. Give him time. He's for the future. D-Wash is 22. Saban's 23, though. Just for, Listen, yeah. like. I, I get that sentiment that he's young and he's for the future, but you know, again, like this is a championship level con- contending team, um, and there's going to be, well, I mean, depending on what James Jones does here and in, in, in the future, you know, whether they pull in draft picks or not, 
Um, there's going to be other players. And, and so you got to make your, your opportunity when you get it. And if he doesn't do it, then they move on and they find other players that are going to be just like Dwayne Washington on other teams to try and pull in and, and see what they can do. So best case scenario is any deal that happens is for with Jay Crowder is a bigger deal that in, includes some of these expirings and potentially a Shamit, and then you can keep it a Dwayne Washington as a backup, backup shooting guard. I would rather. I think I feel more potential coming out of Dwayne Washington Jr. than I do at Landry Shamit at this point. But the difference is. Shamit's making eleven a year, so it's much di- much more difficult to move off of him than the two guy two way contracts. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so the super chat from James. James, thank you for your super chat. Said buying the mask man's jersey tonight. Monty, play that man more. <laughs> Talking, of course, about Josh Okogi, who was our king of the game. Uh, totally agree, James. Totally agree. I would love to see more Josh Okogi out there. Um, especially like you said, Saul, when we do get fully healthy, I still want to see a little bit of Josh Okogie mixed into that sure. that group of players. All right, couple more players that we want to highlight tonight. Bismack Biombo. We gotta talk about Bismack Biombo. Not only did he log a season high in points tonight with 12, but he, he also, also passed up a crucial possible assist from <laughs> Mikhail Bridges, which screwed Espo. And that was my favorite part of the game. Um, 11. (laughs) He also hit 1,000 career blocks this evening as well. So congratulations are in order for Bismack Biombo. He's a blocking machine. 1,000 busy blocks. That guy, he's so solid. He's no Josh Okogie, but he's pretty good. (laughs) Tonight, yes, Josh Okogie technically had more. But overall, we all know Bismack definitely uh, leads that charge for sure. But I really enjoyed the way Bismack played tonight. He was also 6 of 12 from the field, played 30 minutes, and he came out with a lot of energy and intensity. Also, 16 rebounds. Really solid work tonight from Busy. I'm not going to go there tonight. I'm just not going to. It's not a knock on uh, uh, on Bismack. It's somebody else. I'm just going to – the man's sick. I'm going to leave him alone tonight. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were you gonna say? Well, I mean, <laughs> they get another win without him, and freaking Bismack and Jock combined for twenty six rebounds. I you know, like, not saying I'm just saying, I guess. But uh, Busy played great. <laughs> he was awesome tonight. Like again, he makes an impact when he gets in there, mm-hmm. even if it's for five, ten minutes. It doesn't matter. He makes an impact some way, somehow. Um, and you know, like again, the, the thing that you're always concerned about with busy is can he score? Can he take advantage of the, the, the positions that he keeps getting? And tonight he did that and it was, it was great to see. And again, this, this team can, you can get fooled by this team by thinking they don't have all their dudes and they're, they're just going to be shit, but you can start to see them starting to get used to playing without mm-hmm. some of these guys. And now they're finally getting and and gelling, and uh, it's just in time for everybody to come back. So, you know, whatever. (laughs) I will say, though, like, Espo, you're not the only one who has expressed some thoughts around that situation. However, I will say it's important to remember that while this team has figured it out, for the most part, or is starting to figure it out with all these injuries, 
you have to remember that late in the game, it's been really difficult oh, for yeah. this specific group to close. And that's one of the biggest things that I think the group of guys who are on the injury report have more experience in, are more clutch overall, have the energy and stamina to maybe last outlast some of their opponents in those situations. Look, I'm not saying that Bismack should start over DA. I'm not saying that Jock should be playing more of DA's minutes. It's just simply the hustle, the crashing the boards that we saw from those guys. I I wish more of that was absorbed in DA, that he came out with that kind of attitude that those two guys did tonight and take care take care of of it. They both had great effort on the glass tonight, and I love that. A guy that we've given a lot of crap to along with DA, though, is Mikhail Bridges. And over the last four games, he's really stepped up in terms of his offensive play and what he's doing. Uh, four straight games with 20, 20 or more points. Mm-hmm. Uh, First I, time in his career he's for, done that. He's been... Uh, distributing the ball. He had nine assists the other night. Uh, should have had five tonight, only had four. But he's doing that as as well now that he's being asked to be uh, a ball handler more uh, as well. I've been impressed with how he's responded over the last four or five games on that front. When a lot of us had started to write him off, uh, especially offensively, so... Um, so I, I, I would love to go back to this D, DA point, but uh, I will say this right now. I know his the record and all this other stuff without him. Um, I currently have been doing a deep dive on DA for the last week, um, and I hope to put out a video next week to, to kind of break down the the complexities of DeAndre Aiden. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, is part, that is one part that I will dive into as well. Um, but I will say this, like there's – there have been some shocking things that I found both good and bad for DA um, that, again, I, I'll, I'll speak to that a little bit more next week when I can dive into those numbers because I have a s- sneaky suspicion that, and this is just my hunch, that the Suns win these games, but they're not playing the top level of, of talent. You know what I'm saying? They're not playing the Bucks. They're not playing the Warriors. They're not playing, you know what I'm saying? So, but before I can speak to that, I want to research this first. So well, I'll just wait. And I think happens. it's a bit, honestly, I think it's a bit of a bogus stat. Uh, you know, it, it, it because some of these games are with Devin Booker going, there's so many factors into it. I don't think that this team is necessarily better without DA. I just simply would like to see the hustle like we get out of Bismack. Uh, and Jock tonight as well. So, but Dagoon has it right. He says, "I hope Giannis and Wimbayama get along when they get here next year." <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> First of all, uh, there's no possible chance that we would get Giannis, obviously, and there's no possible chance we're getting Wimbayama because nobody's tanking here. So, I would just be curious. So, um, Easy in the chat said Mikel and Da both soft AF, and that's been. Um, kind of a jab that's been thrown out a lot this season towards those two guys. But I guess my question is, is like, if you look at every NBA player, how, what percentage of NBA players would you put into like that dog type of mentality oh, category? I would say less than 10%. That's what I'm saying. Like less like, than 10. Yeah. I would I mean, say maybe like, like 25. If you want to go on yeah. like the more, if you want to be more, I think, <laughs> I think you see Open it more, with it. It's probably like 15, 20%. And a lot of times 
it's the PJ Tuckers of the world. These guys that have to fight and claw to keep their jobs. Josh Okogi, a guy like that. These guys that if they don't hustle, they don't keep it's a job. It's the hustle the guys NBA. and it's the top of the top. Yeah. Yeah. But like that middle ground yeah. is like, I, yeah. you're not going to have 14 guys on your team no. who all have that dog in them. Like you're just not. I, I, I love that point, Linz. I really do because like you look at the Warriors. That's what separates if, them if you from look, everybody yeah. else. If you look at the Warriors, Dray, Draymond's like about that life, right? He's, he's the tough mm-hmm. guy on that squad. But Steph Curry ain't that dude. Steph Curry's just elite, yeah. right? But he's not he's not the one that's just a, a rugged dog and tough as balls and just is going to throw his body around. Like, he's not that dude. No, but like, I think big men need it more, right? Because But Mikhail's not a big man. Well, but I, I'm just saying, in particular with DA, when you think about big men, if they don't have that in them, they're they're less willing to body guys in the paint. They don't get rebounds as much as you think they would. Like... I feel like you expect a big man to have to have that dog in him more because so much of, of a it's big so man's physical. game is predicated on physicality and getting to the foul line and and all those things that that happen for a big man. So I think it's more obvious when a guy doesn't have it in that situation. Yes, it's the same big, shit yes. we went through with Amari Stoudemire. When you get six rebounds in a game and you're like, you're freaking 6'11 and you're an athletic beast, you should have 10 boards. This was mm. always the argument with him because I think the big men, if you don't show that physicality on a night-in, night-out basis, it becomes very apparent. Yeah. But it's why a guy like P.J. Tucker at 6'7", that's down there as a power forward, and it's hustling his ass off, it stands out even that much more. I mean, like, even, like, you look at guys like Barkley. Mm-hmm. You know, th- those are the types of dudes. And, and those it, are all guys that you look at and you're like, those are at the top of the list. They're elite, right? But, you know, like, and yeah, I, I, we're not saying that only big men can be tough. I'm not, we're no. not saying that at all. But what, what Espo's point, it was fantastic in saying that, like, it does stand out more if you're a big and you're soft. Yeah, it just because you can see it a million miles away. You know, not everybody's built like Shaq. Not everybody's going to be built like Carl Malone or whatever, like dudes that just got after it. D.A. stands out because sometimes, like I've been saying, he he, he does look like he's tiptoeing through, through the two tulips and he can't get it. And for whatever reason, I, I just don't understand it. But Mikhail, I, I wouldn't say Mikhail's necessarily in that same category because Mikhail this year maybe not so much as the the past four years but Mikhail had been known to really be that guy on defense and uh he DA, plays the most minutes of everybody on this team every single night da has shown da has shown that he has that ability yeah like when we got to the playoffs mm-hmm. and, the, and and you know last year against the pelicans the year before they basically the entire playoff run really anchoring that defense but then you get to the regular season and you just see it kind of come and it kind of goes. Hell, you've been putting bets on DA in terms of blocks forever and he hasn't come through at all once. Like, there's a reason for that because he's soft. He is soft. I would say he's soft. And it just again, I when I when I was going back looking at different tape and breaking down numbers, I'm just stunned at how his performance has been as a Phoenix Sun compared to what he was doing. Um, in college, especially later on in his college career, um, and even a little bit at the beginning of his career, you just saw these signs that seemed like they were just going to be, become more and more, and then they just kind of fizzle, and then they come back, and then they fizzle. And like I said, we'll get into it a little bit deeper later on. But I feel like Mikhail is a little 
shifty on the court. He's smart. He knows how to position himself. I don't know that it's he's that dog in terms of I'm gonna slam into people. I'm gonna like mm-hmm. he, he's not a Kogi, but he uses his basketball IQ, his intelligence to put himself in position in a lot of ways. That I that I think that's his his thing. You know, I think Sean Marion was very good at that too, as, as getting himself in the right position. So PHX Scotty, I think you are probably on to something far more than all of us combined mm-hmm. as far as getting on the same page. Uh, you said the definition of soft seems to be different per person. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I think that is completely true. Yes. And that could probably be a reason why there's so much discourse around DA and Mikkel, but I would say more so around Mikkel than DA because I think more of us are in agreement that, you know, DA isn't that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know that I would call. I don't think Mikel is. Mikel doesn't have that dog in the sense that like Book no. and Kobe and those guys and Jordan and all that. Yeah, but yeah. but he's. I wouldn't go as far as to call Mikel soft. No, for no. my definition of soft, though, you can't be one of the best defenders on your team and be asked to guard the best of the best and be soft. You can't. You just. You just can't. I'm sorry. I don't care if he's having a bad year. And I have. I've been hard on Mikel in terms of having to step up in Booker's absence and, and all these other guys. But I will not say that Mikhail is soft because he takes a brunt of the other team's best players on himself um, and has to fight over millions of screens every single game because he's got to guard these dudes, yeah. and he never misses a game. And he's still out there. He gets dinged up. He goes out there and plays. Uh, he has a bad game. He tries to shake it off. The next game, he tries to come back like – I will never call Mikhail soft. No. I will not put him in that category. No, I think soft also is a the definition of it is a very generational thing. Because yeah. you and I grew up watching late 80s and 90s basketball. Yeah, 50% of those where, dudes were not soft. Where, like, a fight happening was a normal thing on a nightly basis, on a weekly basis. You know, the the you'd get 90 to 88 games, and that was normal. Like... So I think our definition of of tough uh, is different than somebody that grew up in, in the you know the late you know two thousands and and twenty tens where running gun became you know more of the thing and spreading the floor. So I think soft is a generational distinction. Too. You know, I also feel like right now there is almost a I'm not going to call it a generational war, but there is a passing of the torch or not wanting to pass the torch kind of happening in the NBA right now. Like just as a whole, I think we've seen a lot of it this year with the kerfuffle that happened last night in Memphis or with Memphis and uh, Shannon Sharp. And like the whole thing started because it was LeBron and Dylan Brooks kind of going at it. Right. Then you see Clay and Book kind of going at it. I kind of feel like there's this, this, it's like a changing of hands, but the older guys aren't ready to let go yet because they're like, I'm not done. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like some of our fans are like, or some of the guys in the chat or the people in the chat are like, this this whole generation is soft. Like this whole generation of new players is soft. And I don't know that I would agree with that. I think it's just a completely different type of game. So so this is where I would say, I think the, the eighties, nineties and early two thousands fucked it up for this generation, to be honest with you, because had, had the fighting not escalated to the fucking stands. You're like, literally not allowed like, to do that yeah, anymore, like, even like, if well, they the wanted to. The, the, the malice yeah. of the palace changed everything. So now, you know, a guy will grab somebody by the jersey 
he's tossed. Shut right? it down like, immediately. Shut it down. He's gone. Right. So guys can't be as physical and as and as aggressive as they used to be back in the day. I'm telling you what. If the mouse and the palace never happened, we'd still see fights. We'd still see fights. I Probably. believe that wholeheartedly. Last night, Dylan Brooks would have got clocked. You think fucking? You think Pat Bev wouldn't have got hit in the mouth by now? You think uh, Grayson yeah. Allen wouldn't have been chucked to the second deck? Like, absolutely that would have happened. Because you had guys on teams that were basically like the hitmen that would just come out and they're like, all right, well, tonight I'm, hey, guys, it's going to be early night for me because this dude's getting his. I don't think it was just the Malice in the Palace. I think Suns, Spurs, and the Amari Boris suspensions, too. Because now guys can't even – remember back in the day, there'd be guys that – the bench would step in even – in these kind of things, and there, you know, sometimes mm. those enforcers would be guys that weren't even in the game. Hell, the Knicks and yeah. the Suns when they oh, went yeah. that had that whole melee. Fucking Greg Anthony came off. He was in street clothes fighting Kevin Johnson. Yeah, he was hurt, and he was hurt. Like that, that just doesn't happen now, right? So, <laughs> like, yeah, it's there is a generational difference, but I don't think it's strictly a generational problem. I'm telling you, if you go to the park and watch guys ball. It's just as aggressive as I remember it back oh, yeah. when I was playing. Like, I've seen it. So it's not necessarily that. It's just the rules are different in the NBA now, and they're not letting you get away with just going crazy. No, you can't. You can't. Even if you didn't want, even if you wanted to play that way, you would lose all your dollars and then get suspended before the NBA let you get away with any of that. Well, yeah, Eric brings up a good point. The flagrant one anytime someone is hit in the face mm-hmm. is the thing that needs to go. I mean, Saban Lee's flagrant one tonight that that's not even a call 15 years ago right Mm -hmm. so i I, that's another you're you're right it's it's officiated so differently as well so code has a good uh thought as well guys had less skill back then too so physicality was a skill Mm -hmm. in and of itself Mm -hmm. as far as like Think about awesome. when Eddie Johnson talks about like mm. analytics and three point shooting and things of that nature. That wasn't really a huge I, part of those I, games. I would never say that the guys had less skill, but I will say they had less athleticism. Isn't that a, does, isn't that not a skill to you? No, I think being you know, we're, athle- we're having athleticism about, isn't think, a skill. I think fundamentally and fundamentals overall were much better back in the nineties or, or eighties than they are now because guys can get away with more. Because of their athleticism nowadays. Yeah, that's true. But a guy like an Anthony Mason would have no no spot in today's game, right? Because couldn't shoot, uh, you know, was there to be an enforcer to get rebounds. So I think there were more guys like that, you know, that that probably wouldn't have a spot in today's NBA. This is true. You know, where true. that had a very distinct role back then that would come in and they'd be the guy that would knock you on your ass and they'd grab some boards. The guys you know? that they called the yeah. plumbers and the firefighters? I mean, oh, no, those were actual plumbers I, and firefighters. I mean, I want to say yes, <laughs> but also teasing. no, because they're, you know, I mean, look at Draymond Green. But he, he's a, he's a, he a can't score thre- for shit. But he's, he's a threat to get a triple double because he rebounds, he passes, yeah. and he scores just But Anthony enough. Mason could rebound and pass too. Uh, Anthony Mason wasn't a passer like Dennis him. Rodman was was a, basically a, a, a one hit kind of dude. He played great defense and could rebound. Couldn't score for shit. I don't was not a go to guy. I don't think I don't think that Rodman would have had as much of a place in the league. <laughs> I think he's a bench guy in you today's league. You about to make Saul's head explode. Oh, my God. I think he's a bench guy in today's NBA. I don't I, think I, he's not. I, I don't think Dennis, he's out of the league. Dennis Rodman, by himself, would basically out-rebound the entire Suns yeah, right now as we stand. Na- name me a guy that is just out there for rebounding in today's game. 
because nobody had that elite skill like him. He was one in a million, literally one in a million. The guy had 48 rebounds in one game. <laughs> like, Wilt's the only other guy to ever do that. I, I, I get that he was elite at that one thing. I just don't think that would have would have happened in today's NBA. Some some players single skill is 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 generational. It just is. Yeah. In my opinion. We can dive into this another time as well, but a couple of things that I do want to give you guys uh some information on before Gerald joins us here in just a second is the game time app. The Suns are going to be in town a lot more over the next couple of weeks. And if you're looking to check out a game, the Game Time app is the best place to get your tickets for up to 60% off when you buy them last minute. It's also great for concerts and other events that you're looking to get tickets to as well. But the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description of this show, whether you're watching on YouTube or whatever podcast platform you enjoy the best. Game Time, like I said, up to 60% off tickets when you buy them last minute. Also, our friends over at Illegal Pete's is one of our go-to spots for great burritos, hanging out with buddies, grabbing a beer. They have fantastic food with endless options of fresh ingredients that can fit almost any diet or dietary restriction. It's a no-brainer. Illegal Pete's is fantastic for everything that you could want, whether we're talking bowls, salads, tacos, queso, nachos, burritos. They have a full bar. So in addition to the beer that I mentioned, you can also get custom cocktails and they have happy hour every day from 3 to 6 p.m. So if you are in the mood for some delightful lunch or dinner tomorrow, highly recommend you check out our friends over at Illegal Pete's. So Rodman had 40, 49 oh my rebounds gosh, you would over two, two games, games with no points. But he had 34 in rebounds game. in one game. Yeah, so. which, which is insane. Just is impressive. Yeah. Not, but Should we ask Gerald what he thinks? Yes, please. It's time, everybody. Beyond the lights, there shall only be one. Welcome to Hi, Gerald. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Gerald, you're missing the best. I honestly, real talk, this is mm-hmm. this has been my favorite last 10 or 15 minutes of our show ever. Because we're really we're, actually, we're talking about like generational basketball. Now, I need to ask you this question. Okay. Could Dennis Rodman play in today's NBA? Could Dennis Rodman play in today's NBA? Probably, yeah. Would he be a starter? I think so just because of the defense, but I think it'd be a lot harder for him to have the impact that he did back then just because he's kind of a liability on the offensive end. But I do think with the rebounding and – He's, I mean, he's kind of like to a lesser extent or to a greater extent, like a Draymond, a guy who can't really shoot. But he would, I mean, he would definitely have to adjust his. Can't, can't pass abilities. like Draymond, though. Yes, he can't pass or ball Thank handle you. like Draymond. So he would have to adjust. But I do think because of the defense and the ability to guard multiple spots, he would find somewhere in the NBA. And, and, and again, like some guys, uh, individual skill is just mm. so off the charts it's generational his rebounding was generational like in yeah. that, that one skill would have kept him in the league for quite Let, a while let's say this I, gerald impresses me wasn't here for for the argument 
and still found a way to thread the needle where it was like he was agreeing with both of us. You were impressive, my friend. I try. Uh, I got to be objective. All right, Gerald. Let's not bury the lead. The Suns won tonight. We are feeling good. Back-to-back wins for this Suns team. What did you see out there that really stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, obviously, was Josh Okogie's performance going out there and having, I think he had 23 points. He had four blocks, got to the free throw line 14 times. He just showed zero fear despite the fact that he broke his nose a couple of games ago um, and was out there playing with the mask. You know, Monty Williams described that tip-in that he had above the rim, which was incredible as a Superman play. I asked Josh about it, and he said with the mask, he felt it was more of a Black Panther play, but he'll take it either way. Um, so, I mean, I, I this guy's aggression is just insane. He is a legitimate jump shot away from being, you know, a 15 to $20 million a year player. So it, it's really impressive the Suns have been able to get him on a minimum contract and see what he's been able to do, honestly, on both ends of the floor. Um, I know we joke about his three-point shooting, but he did hit that clutch three uh, late in the game too. So just a really fantastic night for him. What I liked about him is like first he was like this, and then he was like this, and then he was like this. You know what I'm saying? Like it was great. You Analysis. Did you get that? I, I recognize I just don't oh, Dennis Rodman, baby. Let's oh, go. Yeah. Hey, uh, over, overall, the bench had such a great performance tonight. Uh, you know, obviously, Jock Landale had a, having a double-double as well. Um, but really the other conversation tonight was Saban Lee. Um, it looks like Saban's starting to get more of a stronghold on that kind of uh, bench guard position. Are you worried at all about Dwayne Washington and where he might be forced down the road, maybe possibly off this team at some point since he's on a two-way? A little bit. Um, I, I think they value what Saban brings in terms of his ball handling, in terms of just being a little bit more solid in terms of handling the rock. Because I think Dwayne had a turnover or two in that third or fourth quarter when the Pacers kind of started making a run. Um, and he tried playing the two of them together to his credit, uh, you know, having Saban take on the ball handling duties, let Dwayne play in his better position off the ball a little bit. Um, but yeah, it is somewhat of a concern, I think, for him just to see Lee come in and, and grab those minutes so quickly. Um, but, you know, he's, he's doing well for this team. He's defending well. He's shooting well. Defenses are going to keep leaving him open because of that shot release that he has. But it's been falling a lot so far, and he's putting a lot of pressure on the rim. So definitely something to keep an eye on because they really like him. They brought him back for the second 10-day. Um, and Monty was saying they hope that he's able to find a way to stick around beyond that. We'll find a way to stick around. <laughs> that could mean a couple things. Uh, what was what was Monty's overall kind of view on tonight's game, especially with uh, the back-to-back coming up tomorrow with Memphis in town? Yeah, I mean, obviously tonight was a really great team win. You look across the stat sheet, and there's just really measured contributions from everybody. Um, you know, even Ish Wainwright, who only shot two for seven, he had a couple of really big plays down the stretch. He had that corner three. Uh, he had that nice pocket pass, Jock Landale, for the finish there late, um, a couple steals. So everybody played really well. So Monty was happy about that. Uh, we asked him about the 50-50 balls and the hustle plays. and His two words were Josh Akogi. So uh, <laughs> we know that he played well. Um, Saban Lee coming in off the bench and giving them a little bit of poise in that ball handling spot. Damian Lee, I think he quietly had, what was it, like 16 points or something like that. Uh, Landale double-double off the bench. So he, he did praise the centers for being able to hold it down tonight, obviously missing DA. Um, so these are the type of 
team wins that you really love to see. Obviously, the Pacers without Tyrese Halliburton aren't the same team, but this is their first back-to-back win since December 19th. This team needs to find a way to string some wins together until they get all their horses back, and this was a good one. From what you could read from Monty, are they expecting to have uh, potentially DA and Cam Johnson back tomorrow to help out since uh, since they had to play a lot of guys tonight to get the win? I'm thinking Cam Johnson will be back. I think they were looking ahead to this back-to-back and saying, okay, we're not going to play in both games um, just because he's just coming back. We shouldn't be throwing him in back-to-back. So which one would it make more sense for him to sit out? I think it was this one so that they could have him on the second night of a back-to-back when they need reinforcements against a better Grizzlies team. Um, You know, Cam was saying in the locker room before the game that the plan is for him to play tomorrow. So hopefully that is the case and we get him back. I'm not sure about D.A., uh, they were saying that he wanted to try and go tonight, but they could just tell he was in bad shape as far as how he was feeling. Um, so we might just need to take that one day by day and, and find out what they have for us tomorrow. So Mikel Bridges, this is now four straight games. He's had 20 or more points for the first time in his career. Obviously, there was a little lull there a couple weeks back with Mikel, but it seems like he's really feeling better and just kind of in a better headspace right now. What have you seen or what has Monty seen uh, from Mikel in terms of just his growth lately? Yeah, I actually asked Monty if there's anything in particular that's changed or kind of clicked for him over this last stretch. Because over the last few weeks, he's been really turning it around compared to that about month-long stretch where he was really struggling. Um, And he was saying there's nothing that really stands out to him, but he just knows how hard he works And he thinks that it's just kind of coming together as far as managing the workload of defending and playmaking and ball handling and doing all the different stuff that he's doing. Um, And he was saying it it feels like he's just kind of getting back to the efficiency that we've seen from him in the past. Um, He's getting better at making reads. He's getting better about getting to his spots in the mid-range and actually making those shots. Um, And we asked Mikhail about it, and he was saying the same thing, just trying to stay aggressive, just concentrating on the work and knowing that eventually the numbers are going to go back in his favor because he does put in that time and that effort to work on a lot of these things. Um, And Monty said that he and Mikhail had a conversation telling him, when these guys come back, I don't want you to defer. I want you to still be aggressive and looking for your shot and getting to these spots like you are now. So, again, this was what we've been talking about. It's definitely a trial by fire for him, for DA, for a lot of these guys that are bumped up the pecking order a little bit. But hopefully once these guys start coming back, they'll be able to take a lot of these things that they've been learning and improving and, and make this team even better. Last thing I have, go ahead. I just have a quick question around book. Yeah. So like, that was exactly what I was um, if I recall correctly, we, the reevaluation was this week, this upcoming week, right? Yes, it should be. I think it was the 25th would be four weeks to the day. Okay. So have you heard anything yet? Or are we just kind of waiting till the 25th to see if any news is shared? Yeah, we haven't heard anything yet. I would say on the 25th, we will definitely be asking some questions and we should be asking some questions about campaign coming up here too. Um, we know how the Suns have been about injuries all season long. And with Chris Paul, even before the game, Monty was hesitant to answer anything until I kind of followed up. And he was saying with Chris, it's just a matter of checking boxes, yes, but also making sure he's at a level where he's comfortable and we're comfortable with him being out there because of the level, the high level of intensity that we try to play at every night. Um, So apparently he's not there yet. We'll see what he is on the injury report tomorrow morning. 
But um, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to follow up about book this week because we're getting close to that four week mark. I feel like we're in the Suns version of Spaceballs, where we always ask you, "Hey, have we heard anything about so and so?" We ain't found shit. <laughs> that is exactly what it feels like sometimes, and it can be a little bit frustrating because Chris Paul has been day to day for about like two weeks now. Chris Paul's been day to day for like half the season Dude, at hey, this point. He was day to day at game fucking three of the second round last year. <laughs> Let's be fair. Once you get into your mid thirties, everybody's day to day. Right? Everybody. Oh, Gerald, man. it was 90s night out there. They had the 92-93 team there, honored them at halftime. What did was you, that Did like? you know any of those guys, by the way? Were you born by then or no? I was born. I was hey, uh, two years old at the time watching Michael Jordan highlights as an infant. But, um, yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. Like, it was very cool to see these guys come out and be excited to kind of be introduced like a starting lineup intro like back in the day. Um, the building got super loud for, um, you know, Kevin Johnson and then for Dan Marley and Charles Barkley. Um, so that was really cool to see Chuck greeted that way. And, um, you could just tell behind the scenes in the, in the tunnel area when they were all conversing with each other, it had been a while since they'd seen each other, but, um, really neat to have them all gathered in the same building again. Oh, I'm sure we're going to see more of it here in the next couple of weeks on Bally's. Don't worry. They'll <laughs> milk the shit out of that thing. <laughs> Gerald, thank you so much. We appreciate you joining us and sharing all the insight and knowledge you collected this evening. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. See you guys tomorrow. All right, gentlemen, in honor of 90s night, we did put together a fun little game. Let's and by go. we, I mean I. I stole Saul's chat versus the world. Let's go. Tonight it is Espo and Saul against the chat. And it is all it. 90s trivia some of these i feel like might be really easy and some of them i feel like might be really hard i'm not entirely sure but we're going to give it a shot and see how this kind of works out so basically you two versus the chat i'll ask you a question if you get it right you get a point i'll ask the chat a question if they get it right they get a point if you take longer than x amount of seconds whatever i decide the (laughs) chat can steal or you can steal sure okay all right question number one for Espo and Saul, when did the Google search engine launch? 1997. Saul? I will go with Espo. Are you going to go with that? Incorrect. Chat, you can steal. They're going to Google it. You can't Google. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I, I think I'm probably off by a year. You are off by just a smidge. So, chat, you can steal. The question is, when did the Google search engine launch? What <laughs> year was it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it launched Keith Van Horn. Hey, Dot said 1998. Yeah. Correct. Hey, Dot got oh, that one for the chat. Off by a year. So the chat gets one. World zero. All right, chat. Your question is: What was the top-selling video game console of the 1990s? Oh, that was easy. Well, that's why I said some of these are easy and some of them are hard. I don't know if that was easy. I would have guessed it's something else, to be honest with you. So, chat, what are you thinking? Again, you guys can steal in just a few seconds. What if Saul and I don't don't agree? Well, I let you have the last one. I'll go with you. Okay, what was the top-selling video game console of the 1990s? Hurry, chat. Y'all got to answer. If we don't get an answer soon. It was ColecoVision. All right, so we've gotten seven answers, and they are all wrong. Uh, 
There's one can, in there, but can I steal? You can steal. Sega. No. No what? jackass. Okay, no, no. chat stole People it back. Kyle it. T. It was the PlayStation. Oh. Well, I gave them six it. answers, and you they all picked Nintendo. Well, once the Nintendos popped up, and she said it was wrong, Hold and that PlayStation was my second how, one. How yeah. can PlayStation? It sold more in what? It came out in '96. Yeah. It sold more than it went the, crazy. The the other they had the hmm. disc. It was the first one with the disc. And the super you, high def graphics. Did you know it was actually supposed to be the Nintendo, uh, the predecessor to the Nintendo uh, Super Nintendo? That it was supposed to be the Nintendo PlayStation, and Nintendo decided they didn't want to go with CD-ROMs, so they uh, Sony said, "Well, we made it for you, so we're just going to sell it. We have the rights to it." Wow. So I feel Oops. like I might be asking you guys some easier ones, or the chat harder. Or, yeah, yours are easier and the chat's harder. So yeah. we'll swap them. Good on you, boys. Um, okay, so your guys' next question, Espo Saul. In the 90s, which wide leg jeans became a fashion staple for tweens and teens? What are the name of the jeans? You can you don't have to whisper your Well, your, we have to agree, that's right? That's okay. You can talk about okay, it. I'll, well, I'll, I'm, let you, I'm I'll thinking, let you I'm you thinking the bell bottoms I mean, made a I mean, comeback they're, in the nineties. Wide leg, but are you talking about a brand or are we looking for oh, it's a brand. Oh, I think it's a brand, right? Oh, I'm pretty sure it's a brand. No, it's make uh, a guess. Make a guess, guess or the chat's uh, gonna steal it. Guess, guess jeans. Guess jeans? Yeah. No. Chat, you can steal it. Already, they already got it. Isaiah. Or no, the mat. Box goes. Jinko. Jinko, right? That's how you say it? You guys don't remember those? No. Those came back really popular. I feel like they're even popular now. now they kind of had a resurgence. Dolly jeans are. Okay, so like, no, I that's because I, I put basketball the thing. shorts. So the, the next no chat question is A sheep was cloned oh. for the first time in the 1990s. Yeah, what answer. was its name? And They're right. let's see. They've got it right. The it's, chat has it correct. It's Dolly. The answer is Dolly. You know why it was named Dolly? Why was it named Dolly? Because they took t uh, cells from the breast of the sheep that they cloned, and they named it Dolly after Dolly Parton. And that is a true fact. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I so I don't know any of these. Chat is killing it right now. They're three. They got They've Google got three on their points. Side. I don't think they're cheating. You guys they were better, answering you it before not, you even asked it. I put it in the chat because I told oh, you because I was making it gotcha, easier on all gotcha, of us. Gotcha, gotcha. So if you guys are cheating, you have to tell us. That's the rules. <laughs> um, okay. Saul Espo, this one's for you. What was the federal minimum wage for most of the 90s? I'll trust you. The, are you sure? Uh, 425. Yes, as was correct. 425. The world is officially on the board. Congratulations, guys. 425. Can man. you imagine? I was making 385 at I Albertsons. Made, what the fuck? I was making man? 425 at Hallmark when I started working. Hey, Hallmark. That's just brutal. I'm Baskin Robbins. Um, okay. Chat, Sweet. your question is which 90s girl group was second best selling after Spice Girls? So, Ooh. which 90s girl group was second best-selling after the Spice Girls? I will give you guys just a few minutes to wow. think this one through. I know this one was tough for me, too, because I was like, once I saw the answer, I was like, okay, I kind of get it. But also, I don't know that I would have thought about that at all. 
to be completely honest with you. There we go. Maria got it. TLC. Oh, Don't yeah. TLC. Chasing waterfalls. That see, because like now that you hear it, it makes sense, right? Yeah. But well, when you think about it, it wasn't. Think about how big they were. And it wouldn't have left popped eye burned down Andre Risen's house. Yeah, like yeah, that whole thing was huge. The yeah. There were some RIP, good. There were the some other thoughts though. Yeah. Destiny Child was one that was in here. The Go Go's were in here as answers. Destiny Child so. was early two thousands though. I thought. And know, the Go Go's yeah. were eighties. So well, those were just answers. I was actually going to say Wilson Phillips. <laughs> okay, uh, you guys are up. Saul Espo, when did Major League Soccer kick off in the U.S.? What year did Major League Soccer kick off in the U.S.? 96. Yes, good job. Go. Now we're rolling. Right after the World Cup in 94. Yep. All right, World has two points. It is chat two, chat four, world two. So maybe you can steal this one from the chat. We'll see. Uh, chat, your question is, genetic engineering introduced what color roses for the first time in the 90s? What color roses, genetic engineering, what did they introduce for the first time in this. the 90s? So, so far, this. I'll give you guys like two answers. So far, we got pink. Uh -oh. We got white. Oh, Amelia got it. It's blue. Well, you said you were going to give them two answers. I said a few answers, didn't I? Uh, you said two. I said I'll give you a few answers. So far, oh, we have two. Damn. I thought that's what I said. You know what we should do? We should just rapid fire yell things out until we get it right. You when should. It's our chance, you like yeah. the jackets. I, listen, yeah, I wouldn't. Ninety-six, ninety-seven, ninety-eight. At least we, they don't, they can't talk to each other. Like you guys get to talk to each other. That's why that, you're that's, the world. I don't know that that's helpful. You're the world. Okay, listen. I'll give you this one. Here you go. This is a bonus. No wait. I have two more questions. Two okay. more questions and then a bonus, okay? okay. Who's up? Who's whose question it's is this? Your it's question? Ours. Okay. Uh which video game was the first video game played in space during the 90s? Go ahead, say it, Emma. Am I allowed to participate? Hell yeah, yes. you are. Yeah, Tetris. Yes. Nice. Over here. She's gotten like three of them right for us. I mean, that's solid. So it's it's five to three. Chat versus the world. The final question um, before we do a little bonus thing here for the chat is in 1998, the fruit flavored sweets, Opal Fruits, changed their name to what? This one was hard. I had no oh. clue. Emma's got it. Emma's got it. Emma's no got clue it. what it how is. is it? She was born. I, like, Dude, I don't know how Emma knows any of She must have taken a course on 90s history when she was in school. I honestly have no idea how, how Emma knows all of this. But sorry, Emma. PHX Scotty got it. It's Starburst. How did you know that? Hold on. What? Really? Yes. In 98? That's what I said. No, there's no way. Well, listen, I had Starburst like early 90s. Listen, this is just what they, the internet told me. Wait, and I you feel, know they can't put anything that's not true on the internet. So. I feel like that might be one of those things like the Kazam Shazam Sinbad. No, because Emma thing. said she knew it. Did you think no, it was no, Starburst? No. I'm saying I thought that, it was Starburst, yeah. I'm saying that we us <laughs> thinking we had them in the early nineties is one of those oh, false I memories. See, see. Are you yeah. telling me I did not have fruit strike gum? Another another <laughs> like 
part. The zebra one? Yes. Yes. A, okay. Zebra gum, though, for the first 15 seconds is the yeah. greatest flavor in the entire and then, world. And then you're like, why am I chewing on this flavorless piece of whatever Cardboard. this is? Oh, yeah, yeah. You spit it out after 30 but seconds. But that 15 but seconds so was elite. You remember the gum and the baseball cards, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. The worst thing ever, but I still and, hate it. And Big League like Chew. Oh. And the chug gum that came in like a little yeah. mini chug thing. Did you guys ever have that? I don't know. I had it in Sierra Vista. It came in like, it was literally like this big and it was like a chug, like a, uh, I don't know what it's was called. It like a ga- was like it like a It's, it's kind of like a gallon looking thing, but it didn't look oh, like a gallon yeah. of milk, yeah, yeah, but it was yeah. called like chug gum or something. It looked like, like a that. barrel. No, oh, it had like oh. a little handle. Um, I don't know, but thank, it was bomb. Thank you. Play-Doh, uh, Play-Doh rocks. It's the Mandela effect is, is what I was There you go. To. All right, here's the deal. I will give you guys, if you can get this right, we'll call it a tie. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure the chat has beat us all every single time. time. The chat constantly wins. So if you get this right, this will be a tie. Okay. Who came up with a name in sync? Who came up with a name in sync? Fucking Justin Timberlake's mama. Yeah. Mommy Timberlake. Okay, so I may be born in 2001, but I didn't even know that 90s one. stuff. For some reason, I just know a lot of. I did take a 90s history class. Maybe that's in what college it is. Then. Last year, and then wow. I'm also taking a 90s rap and hip hop class right I'm, now. I'm literally Who listening to a book would be on the tape called the 90s right now, <laughs> and I didn't know that shit. So oh, who would have thought Emma, Emma would be the ringer Honestly, in the 90s? One of, one of my trivia. favorite songs of all time is sung by. And don't judge me because you're gonna judge me. I know you're gonna judge me. But my homie, Little Dicky, oh. he sings a song called the, the in the 90s, and it's the best song ever because he just goes so nostalgic with everything. Um, that's where I got all my. That's why I remember all my '90s stuff. Like, oh shit, yeah, I forgot about that. Pretty cool. I mean, isn't isn't that a uh, show, Little Dicky? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not called Little Dicky, but yeah, yeah. He has he a, has a show. But the, it's yeah. the same guy, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he has a show. Mm-hmm. I find that show hilarious. I it's love awesome. that show so much. It's fantastic. Yeah. I'm again. I'm just Emma. Even the chat is like, "How on I, earth would you know all of crazy. this information?" So <laughs> hey, fantastic hey. job, Emma. Hey, and we officially <laughs> have a tie. The world and the chat are tied. It's, finally, it's boys meet world, right? Yeah. A little nineties yeah. joke yeah. there. Oh my look goodness! At, look at that. Uh, Brittany Price of the chat says Lynn Harless is his mom. Do I get bonus points? Yes, Brittany, you we, get bonus. We now know Justin Timberlake's mother's name. All right. Yeah. I had no clue. That's insane to me. Well, that was our 90s trivia. I hope we all learned something today uh, that we will be able to use at some point in time in our lives. I don't know. Can't promise, but it could help you out if you ever go to a trivia night and they ask you 90s stuff. So we'll see. Uh, One last thing that we want to share with you guys, our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, they do daily fantasy sports differently. And if you have not checked them out, now is a great time to do that. So you listen, here's how like the daily fantasy sports kind of work, right? You draft your team against five of your friends. If you don't have five friends, call Espo and Saul and Shane and Sean and all the people here will get you five friends. And the highest scoring squads for that night could win cold, hard cash. Did you just whore us out to be other people's yes, friends? You can also play with just three friends or four. You don't have to have six or five. Oh, I thought it was five. You no. play well, with that's even better. Too, even but... better. Yeah. And like it's you draft sad. like six NBA players and it's positionless. So that's kind of fun. There's no position limits on it. So it's literally just who you think is going to get you the highest score. And bam, that's it. You could win cold, hard cash. It's it's so simple and it's so fantastic. And we have a show here, our fantasy show, that helps 
kind of walk you through all the things. And it's just fun conversation around fantasy sports. So that is always an option for you guys, too. But it's really easy to get started. Just go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Make sure you sign up with the promo code PHNX, though, because when you use that promo code, Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. So take advantage of a free $100. Golden Boy says, at one point, the Suns had a lineup, and we saw this stat on Twitter, yeah. by the way. Uh, I think it was the four-point four point play, play. That's, had put it out there that said uh, um, Saban Lee, Damian Washington, Akogi, Wainwright, and Landale were all on the floor, and which makes a combined $4.76 million. Which is also less than, less than who? Shamit makes. It's less than Landry half of what Landry Shamit's. Also, also, my wife, total. also, my wife is in the chat trolling us, asking what was the best basketball team of the 90s. It was the Houston Rockets. I refuse to say the other <laughs> team that she's trying to get everybody. Yeah, to I say. mean, okay, so what's her affiliation with Chicago? She she's grew from there. Up there. She was born there. But didn't she meet you in high school? Yeah, she came out here when so she was 11. She, yeah, but her she grew up with an allegiance I mean, to she, Chicago. If her parents are from she there, she was too. ten when the ninety three ten when the ninety three uh, Bulls went on on their run. So okay. it's all like right. we okay. are with okay. that okay. Suns team. So it's okay. the same with all the transplants here who grew all like everyone's parents are like Cowboys fans, and all their kids are like, no, nah, I want to root for the hometown team. Okay. And so now there's a rivalry. It's the same idea, right? Let, let me just except for except for Tracy, you're supposed to come over. To your home state. That's how it works. The old folks stay with their home states, and then you adopt. She doesn't me. look at this. Well, she's as now with the old folks. That's true. I guess she right, is one I mean, of the old folks that's now. That's we are. We're the old. Because Rose going to be a Suns you, fan. You can say that to her. Hopefully. I'm not saying that. So. I think I just did because <laughs> she's in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> she said I was 11. Thank you, <laughs> Tracy. You're not old. You're not. You're just. Yeah. I'm not. It, she's young and. I didn't eyes, have anything so. clever to say, so I yeah. had to stop. <laughs> <laughs> abort! Abort! <laughs> oi, oi. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you all uh, for tuning in. We appreciate you as always. Hopefully, you guys had fun with our chat versus the world trivia. It's a blast over here. If you don't like it, uh, tell us, and we won't play it anymore. But if you do like it, also tell us, and we'll play it more. I don't know. We'll see. But we do have a pregame and a postgame show planned for you guys tomorrow because the Suns are back at it. Back-to-back -back games. So we will see you then. Plan to come hang out with us. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. 11 to John Paxson and Michael Jordan. You were going to say bye, bye, bye. I thought you were going to go with the bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Oh, boy, boy. never going to let go. BH and X, though. Lindsey, Gerald, Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. I'll always rep the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan B. Always on the job. My team move like the mob. Turn the beat on. I throw it down like D.A.